0: Hello, media consumers. Welcome to PressBox Final Edition. Brian Curtis of The Ringer here, along with producer Eduardo Ocampo. Game one of the NBA Finals was last night. Denver Nuggets 104, Miami Heat 93. Didn't really feel that close. Here to talk about game one and other media stories is my guest, Tyler Parker, a Ringer staff writer, author of the new novel, A Little Blood and Dancing, which comes out June 13th. And maybe most importantly to me, a fellow Pasadena basketball dad. Yes. Tyler. Welcome to the press box.
1: that Brian. it's I told you already. It's an honor to be here. and uh, yeah, with the fellow you know Pasadena basketball dad, just you know getting it in fruit
0: snacks and uh, clippers, jerseys, it's great. <laughs> Don't you love meeting another human being and feeling like you're at the exact same moment in both of your lives? it's it's honestly, there was a couple times whenever I would run into you. And we
1: would be able to be like, does yours not run to the other end sometimes too? Like being <laughs> <laughs> being able to just sort of uh, ask that was uh,
0: yes, it was very comf- it was very comforting for me. Does your first grade daughter play defense on both the offensive and defensive ends? Because <laughs> mine does. <laughs> it there's it's always like there's a there's a
1: a constant you know uh, battle for you know our's attention you know what i mean and so it's you can you it's a it's so fun when you see in the moments where like oh i i'm actually standing in front of my girl and she has the ball i know exactly what to do and to see like a face transition into like you know gamer face where you're trying to beat the level and <laughs> it's she it, it it was uh and then to shift immediately back into Hey, when you're getting back in transition, try to a cartwheel's probably going to slow you
0: down, so don't do a cartwheel. <laughs> <laughs> so, game 1 last night was a blowout. And when we have a blowout, yep. I love to put in my notes the exact moment when the announcers acknowledge that we are in garbage time. <laughs> right. In last night's case, it was 7:44 left to go in the third quarter. Uh, Mike Breen was plugging game two, which is always a sign that we're yeah. moving on. <laughs> yeah. And they showed a shot of the sun setting on the Rocky mountains. I want you to listen to Mark Jackson coming in strong here. Sunday
1: on ABC countdown begins the coverage at seven thirty. tip off of game two shortly after eight Eastern.
0: So a half an hour earlier, right back here at ball arena in Denver. That's a beautiful view. That's a beautiful <laughs> view. It,
1: And, and brain just like und undisturbed, just, there are so many (laughs) beautiful views in this beautiful city. It, 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 there's something about Mark Jackson, like the, the, the lack of awareness leads to such incredible comedic timing on his part. It's, it's really such a pleasure, like half the time, I am pretty bored by him and all the, you know, sort of bolstering Woody mama, there goes that man kind of quotes, but every now and again, you know, he,
0: <laughs> he
1: fires off with that's a beautiful
0: sunset and it makes it all worth it again. The deadpan is just absolutely perfect. And if this thing goes like game one did, I think we'll look back at that as the, oh, what a spectacular move by Michael Jordan of the series, because it was, <laughs> that was the moment. <laughs> It was funny. It was funny
1: last night because you're right. Like they were, they did, they did get very quickly into, okay, let's try to entertain in, in ways other than the game. And then sort of slowly the heat kind of started to make shots and you got a couple of some of my favorite things where the announcers really have just sort of been paying attention to their own banter for a while while the game is while the deficit is slowly getting taken care of right and then all of a sudden it usually happens if when it goes you know it's been like a 25 plus point lead or something and then it's down to 16 or 15 and somebody on the on the team who's down hits a three to cut it to 13 or 12 and then you get that and I'll, 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 all announcers have it, but Breen's is very good and very just. It's just like it's a perfect line read from him every time. But it's and it's a thirteen point game, you know, like <laughs> that, like sort of. I just my fly is down. I just realized, you know, like <laughs> it. They the, he did he did it again on like on a Kyle Lowry hit a three I think to cut it to ten at one point, and yeah. and he he even did the like you know the thing they tell you not to do in writing class, where it's like, and all
0: of a sudden it's a 10 point game. <laughs> it doesn't it feel like a signal to both the audience and his fellow announcers? Like, it seems like he's telling
1: Van Gundy like, Hey, put the chips down. Like we got to, you got to like uh, talk about the pick and roll again. It, <laughs> he, he is uh Van Gundy is such a, like I I swing. So like, I swing both directions with him, like, hardcore throughout the course of a game. Like, he says some stuff where I'm like, oh, that's great. Yes, point out, like, how the Nuggets are destroying the Heat with all these cross matches in transition. And then he pulls out, like, you know, Jokic's passing makes Rust obsolete, which doesn't really make sense. (laughs) <laughs> but it's it, it it sounds fine, and you just move on from it. But as a sentence, when you st- <laughs> you know, I, it doesn't really work exactly. And he, he 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 goes for some of these like hammer lines sometimes. Him and Jackson both do. And when they hit them, it's great. But oftentimes, it just kind of feels like a bump, bump sort of you know, like it, there's <laughs> some there's something uh, where they miss the football on it.
0: The thing I loved last night, and talk about a preview of the series to come, is we're running out of ways to compliment Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Like, we're yeah. just going to have to keep doing it. He was 27-14-10 and 10 last night. This was Mike Breen in the fourth quarter venturing <laughs> a metaphor, a comparison to NBA stars of the past.
1: You, just, you marveled at his complete game. He passes like magic,
0: he rebounds like Moses,
1: shoots like Dirk.
0: Okay, now. So <laughs> I'm not going to take issue with the comparisons necessarily. Smarter basketball people than I can can go there, but it is game one. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. so where are we going now? You know, Are we going to like figures of myth <laughs> are we going outside of basketball completely? <laughs> by by, by
1: game four, he'll be Prometheus stealing fire from, uh, yeah, no, I, it, he, it felt like it also felt like it I was, it was like a, it was a weird, I usually love brain and it, it was a weird miss for me on his part because it also didn't feel like if I'm trying to endear this dude to people who, if, if, if the idea is I'm going to endear this guy to Ca- sort of casual fans who haven't been watching maybe all year and they've tuned into this network broadcast of game 1 of the NBA finals. I don't I don't know that I would start off or I don't know that I would say, "Hey, these players that you know and love, he can do all of this already." Like I, th- th- to me that would just like make me if I wasn't a person who watched the game a lot, I would get immediately defensive and be like, well, he hasn't been passing like magic this game. What is it with, why are you trying to make me like this guy so much? Just let him, you know, you know what I mean? Like, and then it like, it, it felt like it would have an adverse effect, kind of this, like this glowing, glowing thing. And you're right. I mean, it, it did sort of make it seem like there's nowhere else to go <laughs> with our, I mean, after the game, it, like Van Gundy, they, when they, 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 they go back to him and Van Gundy starts throwing around like servant leadership and things like that. Like I thought I was in small groups at church for a little bit whenever they started talking. <laughs> it was sort of like, you know, Breen said, I, I wrote it down because I was just like, man, they really want us to know. Like we see that Jokic is unselfish. The, 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 we see it. But like there's, he said, guys, the genuine humility of this all-time player is inspiring.
0: And they just,
1: they they
0: are laying it on a little thick. Do you think part of this is explaining the Nuggets and him in particular to people who have not watched them play a lot?
1: I think so. I mean, I I think that they are erring on the side of like, we are introducing this guy to more people than we're not. And while that might be true, depending on certain like um times in the game that people are watching right like um i think it does a sort of a disservice to um not just the nuggets but just like kind of the league in general like this is a two time mvp like you're not it's it, it's not like it's Wimbenyama's first game or something like that right it's not you 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 don't need to provide Um, context isn't the right word, but like the, the, the resume can do a lot of the work for you. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and just his play itself, like he had a great game last night and it's, you know, they got to shout, shout the time honored, you know, he affects the game without scoring a million times. Right. Like it, it, the, the, the Jokic is an unbelievably exciting player to me personally. I, he's, he is absolutely one of my favorite guys to watch and constantly surprising and like just gets so bored to the point he starts doing bits it's tremendous it, <laughs> it i think that they trying to sort of talk about this guy like kind of hold everybody every viewer's hand about him you know what i mean and and like You're almost trying to like tell your kid when you're watching a game, like, hey, watch this guy because he's such-and-such, such-and-such, such-and-such. It's like, I don't think that the viewers need that much
0: help up the stairs, if that makes sense. Well, it feels to me a little bit like a reaction to what Mike Malone kicked off in the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers, which was the media is ignoring the Nuggets discourse. Where did you fall on that? <laughs> it was... I felt very torn
1: on that because, obviously, a large swath of the media was not. Um, I'm also, like, I'm a diehard, you know, Oklahoma City Thunder homer and a fan of a small market team and understand, to some extent, this, like, y'all are talking about the Lakers again? You know, like I get I, like on some level, <laughs> the, 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 the fan in my heart gets that completely. Um, the, some of it was some of the stuff sort of felt like it felt like a way to sort of extend a victory lap. Maybe like, like, I don't think people are ignoring you anymore. They, they definitely were during the regular season. I don't, you know, some people were, and for sure, some of the members in the national media did, did not, uh, uh, handle themselves very well. Like with Jalen Rose saying like, Jokic is finally a superstar and will bond being like, Hey, this guy can really play and stuff like that. Lisa Salters, these people just sort you're just sort of like, what are you, what, what, I, 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 even if you do think this, why do you think that it's <laughs> right to say it if it's your job to be, you know, it, it was, it was, it was sort of, it was like weirdly transparent in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a way that didn't seem like it would serve them at all. Um, mm-hmm. um I don't Malone stuff. I get, he's trying to, you know, get his team going, yeah, it it did start to feel a little bit like, okay, Mike. Like you got any other songs? Like how many times are you going to play? That like I love that. This is a this was the first time I heard it. It was great. Put it in your pipe and smoke it. I, my you know I, my, every grandfather every every grandfather in the world has said that, but it it did feel like all right, man. Like not anymore.
0: Like you had a point at some point, but not anymore. What's funny is when a coach says something like that, which, as you say, has elements of truth to it, you know, despite the fact that a two-time MVP (laughs) plays for the Nuggets, is that I feel that everything, especially in our little nerdy corner of the sports media, is in a reaction to it. Totally. So then we're being defensive. The The ratings of the finals don't matter, which, by the way, my favorite hobby horse, so great join me on this island. I heard you.
1: I heard you on the last episode. I was, I I was there with you. I was glad that people finally,
0: anytime someone was shouting that out, someone was like, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. But I think more than anything, it's like, when I look around at us sports writers, it's just that we don't have a starter kit for the Denver nuggets in the finals. You know, (laughs) if it had been Lakers Celtics, we know what to do. We know who to call. We know what, things to to roll out especially we hear at the ringer we know what what things from the past to revisit right and with the nuggets I mean I've been watching basketball for 30 years and I don't want to just join that list of announcers you just named but like nobody in my life has ever come up to me and said you know who I hate the Denver Nuggets no one's ever said that to me no one's also until the last couple of years ever said I love the Denver Nuggets to me it's just kind of one of those very light, National media footprints a little bit like the Bengals when they made the Super Bowl a couple years ago, where you're just sure. like we just as reporters don't totally know what to do.
1: No, I think th- I mean I think that that's I think that that's a very fair way to put it. I think that because they, you know, generally whenever a lot of the kind of um, the stuff that people remember about a team. An organization, the lasting things where everybody can really start to, um, you know, get the context for the, 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 the story of this organization, all that stuff tends to happen and all those like, um, um, hot points are always playoff stuff. And up until, you know, they, you know, they 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 go they go to the Western Conference Finals in two thousand nine with Melo and 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 yep. and they have that that I think they get got beaten six games by Kobe and them, and you know they've had these, you know, very high quality you know like bunch of scrapper teams that get into the playoffs and you know they're, they're teams that you have to play hard against and take serious, but they're not going to do a ton of damage. And then Jokic gets there. And you know, whenever that was in uh, uh, um, 2020 in the bubble, they go to the Western conference finals. They've, they start to have some of this stuff. I think part of it is when they've been experiencing more of this postseason success, a it's, been happening during this like time where I feel like everyone's calendar has been just mushed due to the pandemic to the point where seasons bleed together and even like playoff runs bleed together and teams bleed together and stuff gets lost and so I think you forget that it's that they've I think people forgot like oh, the last time they had a real healthy squad, they did a lot of damage. Then, you know, Jokic doesn't have a full, you know, uh, quiver with them, you know, teammate-wise during the next two runs because of injuries to Murray and MPJ. And they don't go far in the playoffs. And so there's, there's still not these kind of like touchstone things and it's almost like Jokic's great play during those playoffs just got kind of relegated to the back burner because they didn't go far Mm -hmm. it wasn't like look at the numbers this dude is putting up it's like well he can't get out of the first round without really providing any context for like yeah their second best player and a guy who's shown he's a monster in the playoffs and Jamal Murray that he's not there I think it like these things are just easy to forget for a lot of national reporters especially when there's A lot of, and I shouldn't even say national reports. I think I should say like, like people on TV, right? Like, because in, in this kind of like, we got to get some shit said in 30 seconds or whatever it, you know, you hear Mannix dying on that (laughs) nugget seal for some reason. I don't know why just sounding ridiculous. Um, but like, talking about how the Lakers and all these other teams are sexier or whatever. And I think like it does wind up being an indictment somewhat of the way that those TV shows talk about the game where it's, where it's constant legacy talk or constant, you know, do they like each other? Are they being nice to one another or are they being mean to one another? like and they, the nuggets like, just
0: it, aren't giving him any fodder for that kind of and stuff and so. y-
1: and Jokic doesn't give a shit about any of this right like he you know pe- like they, the, the the all you hear is that the that the league is like will he talk to anybody you know like it it, it so it doesn't i get, i get the 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 nuggets fans being pissed at the like the 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 tv talking head side of things it is one of it is one of the, those Things where you wish that everybody could just kind of get on board with like, let's just talk about how good y'all are. Let's just talk about like, y'all, like right now, like y'all are so good and so fun. And there's so much to like about what's happening on the court. Let's just get to that. Like, you know, but yeah.
0: I was surprised to hear Jeff Van Gundy say on Rosillo's pod the other day that he, the first Nuggets game he's done all year was in the Western Conference Finals. Which is, tells you say that which it tells you where TV is putting its resources. It's small, just again and again. It's not there's it's not like ABC and ESPN have anything against them, but this comes down to right. sexy matchups, market size. Again, the Bengals I think is a pretty good comp because it's not like national TV crews were going out and doing a ton of Bengal games sure. of years ago, and then all of a sudden it's like hello, right. we're in the Super Bowl. <laughs> right? Were you as uh, curious as I was to see what courtside celebrities? denver would roll out (laughs) last night it i mean i was
1: i i knew i was gonna see that sunburnt peyton manning forehead for sure like i (laughs) like like that's i that that felt like a guarantee um i i i was kicking myself for not guessing russell wilson like that guy's not gonna miss a chance to 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 be to be on camera um yeah, the Ken Jong thing threw me for a big loop. I know he went to a Lakers Nuggets Western Commerce Finals game. I just kind of assumed that he lived in LA. I if he's I, I he's I think he
0: does live in can we get some clarity on that? Because I was doing a lot of trying to do a lot of research on that last night and he was doing Kevin Clark texted me last night, he's like, Ken Jong was doing a press gaggle, you know, like, yeah. like they do after a presidential debate before the <laughs> so- game. <laughs> And from the pictures, he looked like he was there hours before game time because his stands were completely empty. They let him shoot a half-court shot during the game. I know community was set in Colorado, <laughs> and I don't know if that's the connection or if there's a lifelong con- I'm not doubting anything here, but I just I just need some more information about how he is how he became the go-to celebrity nuggets fan.
1: I'm I'm with you completely. I it, I won. I don't know if it's just like he likes how they play, and he just wanted to go, and so he was there. I mean, Fine. They, they the That's the cool. Nuggets. He was he. The Nuggets somehow, you know, like they're like social team or whatever. He like did some video for them, and he was like, "Hey, this is Ken Jeong, aka Mr. Chow from The Hangover." And I want to know if he said, "Hey, this is Ken Jong," and they were like, "Hey, actually, some people don't know who you are. Can you please uh, just specify uh, that a little know, bit of an ID know. here for anybody?" <laughs> it sort of felt like the um, uh, you know uh,
0: defensive end Emmanuel Acho. What are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bleacher Report's Andy Bailey tweeted: "Ken Jong is speaking courtside to a few media members, and unsurprisingly, he's far more thoughtful about the Nuggets than most of the mainstream takes we've heard throughout the postseason." So, Ken Jong it.
1: Fixing- That
0: anti-Nuggets bias, that blind spot.
1: I'm glad he's coming with the texture tags. You know, you got to bring some nuance if you're Ken Jeong.
0: This Tyler was, I love this clip too. It's via awful announcing. I was on Denver's ABC affiliate website. I'm pretty sure this is a local anchor named Shannon Ogden of KMGH describing the um, atmosphere outside the (sighs) building after the Nuggets won game one. Okay. Uh, it, it feels
1: like victory. It sounds like victory. It smells like victory, and also legalization. And they're having a great time out here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's how Denver celebrates a finals win. <laughs>
1: That's fantastic. Thank you for. I did. I had not seen that. That makes me so happy.
0: Elsewhere in playoff news, I believe you and I are both members of the cult of Kevin Harlan. Oh, yes. I uh, saw you tweeting his best lines. How would you describe the way Kevin Harlan sounds on the air? Oh, I mean, full of
1: glee and testosterone. Like, mm-hmm. just, I think that he's having such a good time, and he is the rare combination of guys that can just, you can tell that he's completely in the moment all the time. He is paying attention to the game and reacting to what's happening and not afraid to have fun and not, not like, obviously there's the, there's, there are the, 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 you know, like, uh, big decibel moments for him, right. That are incredible. The goods, the, you know, Jimmy fricking butlers, right. Like these, these, these huge, you know, like big set pieces, right. For him. But the stuff that I, the other stuff with him that I love and he doesn't make a big deal about it, but it's just like the little one word choices with the verbs, adjectives these little bitty things. He's not gonna get lyrical on you, but he is gonna throw in like there was a he there was a game. Um, it was a it was a it was a Mavericks Suns game back in like January twenty twenty two. And it's near the end of the first half. And Luke has got the ball at the top of the key with like 10 seconds left or something like that. And kind of takes Cam Johnson off the dribble a little bit to about the free throw line. And then just starts to like big boy him and back him down. And he gives him three shoulders to the chest kind of to get him, you know, down to about the the circle or whatever, and then just turns around and puts it in and Harlan he says, (laughs) he said, he he goes, Donchich making a move, machetes his way in. And it's, it's just perfect because it's exactly what he was doing, but it, it, he didn't. And he wasn't, it wasn't like a machetes. It wasn't, he wasn't trying to like dress it up. It was just, the machetes it was it was it was very matter of fact and just in the flow of the game. he did a similar thing with Bam in the eastern conference finals um uh bam bam took uh, I think Robert Williams off the dribble and it was like bam mashing, you know, just like stuff like that like he th- there's some there's something about um Like you can just tell, like he has worked on every aspect of this and he's great at giving his, letting his personality come through and having fun, but he also stays out of the way. Like he's not trying to give you a soliloquy at all times. You know what I mean? Like he'll let the crowd do the work for him too. And yeah, I, he's just, there's, I I bet that watching a game with him. Would be a blast. Like, he, there's something about him. Like, even if he wasn't on mic, like, I bet you watching a game with him would be so much fun.
0: It's interesting what you say about being committed to the moment and living in the moment. Because when you have an announcer like Ian Eagle, who's also very, very good, mm-hmm. part of the fun of listening to him is that just little bit of ironic distance <laughs> from the proceedings. He's also right. in the moment, but he's not only saying something, but sort of processing himself saying it in a way. Sure. A little bit like Marv Alba used to do just that, just a little sort of, you know, kind of touch of, of comedy. Harlan yeah. is not like that at all. You know, you don't feel that sort of regarding the thing I just said and playing with a little bit.
1: Well, he, and even, even when he does decide like, because Harlan does have moments where he's like, no, I'm going to do a bit right now. And, 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 he it he kills the the squirrel, I forget what game that was when the squirrel gets on the field and he yeah. just starts going nuts <laughs> and it's just and and he doesn't like there's uh, there's almost no winking there, especially early on once the once the uh, once whoever's in the booth with him starts to get going, you can tell that Harlan's excited that they're enjoying it too, you know what I mean, but they're like yeah, there's just an immediacy to him and like. <laughs> Do you remember earlier this year, whenever it was like early in the season and Steph Curry went to the line, I think it was maybe against the Suns and Curry went to the line and Harlan started off. He has not missed a free throw yet this season. And, and then and Curry missed it. And in the booth with him was Reggie Miller and Candace Parker. And they just both go super hard at Harlan and you can tell they're all laughing and, and Candace Parker is like, that is you, Kevin, that's your fault. And Reggie's just shouting nonsense. And, uh, you can see Curry, see them laughing and Curry kind of points over (laughs) at the booth. And Harlan is like, I am so sorry. (laughs) There's just some, there's, they're like, they're, He's (laughs) at the end of it. He says, I Harlan says, I feel so bad, you know, like they're, they're just something very, very, and he's, and he's laughing the whole time. I think you can just tell like that he is doing the thing that he just absolutely loves. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's, there's something so, um, I mean, there's an old, there's a, there's a clip I remember of is it was after a Curry game and Harlan's on a hot mic somehow as Curry's running into the tunnel and Harlan just goes, if I can say this, what a fucking rush. And like, that's the, that's the thing with him, right. Is like that, that he, that he actually feels that way. Like he announces like that, like he, he, he's not trying to like dress. His stuff up in professionalism in the best moments. Like he's literally doing Ric Flair woos over the top of Jimmy Frickin Butler. You know what I mean? Yes. And it also takes somebody who has got some serious heat to even be able to say the word frickin' and have it sound cool. And Harlan did it. Like it's, he's, I just think he's fantastic.
0: One media moment that I've been rolling around in my mind for the last couple of days is. LeBron James's farewell press conference <laughs> after getting swept by the Nuggets. Yeah. He comes out of the podium. He starts, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I have to rethink everything. And then they have this little sidle session with Dave McMenamin, another reporter, and he kind of repeats everything. What did you make of that episode? I think it was several things. Like, I think it was a lie. I learned not a
1: lot, but I think it was like, I think he's filming a doc right now. I don't think he's retiring. You know what I mean? Like I, like it, it, uh, I think that LeBron has always been, um, keenly aware of the narrative that surrounds him and the narrative that he is crafting to either combat or, um, um, enhance that, (laughs) the existing narrative, you know what I mean? And I think that, he didn't want people to be talking too much about the sweep. I think that he has grown pretty used to being at the center of the discussion and was maybe a little bit concerned that with the playoffs continuing on without him, that that his name might not get brought up as much. Uh-huh. I think he wanted to put, uh, so maybe a little bit of pressure on the front office. Like y'all need to be making a move because did you hear me? I, if not, I might just up and retire. I mean, I, I, I don't, the reason I like say, <laughs> which I shouldn't have phrased it a lie, but the reason it just feels like, kind of like, dude, come on is like it. Every single thing we've heard up until this point is, no, I'm playing with my kid. And, and I don't know if it's like, he thought up until recently that his kid was going to be able to come right you know, in, into the league quicker than it turns out that maybe he'll be able to or, or, or what, and, and so he's starting to feel like, wait, maybe I can't go for that long. It just felt to me kind of like a, a guy who has always uh, embraced the spotlight, uh, embracing it even more as the spotlight was
0: about to leave him for a little while. So he didn't necessarily believe it. None of us in the media believed it. Fans didn't believe it. And yet then this whole process kicks in where as soon as he says that, unlike the Denver Nuggets, we're like, well, that's the A block on the trade show and probably also the B block. Yeah. And we all have to acknowledge it in some way. Even if we're doing what you just did, which is to be like, this is probably not true for X, Y, and Z reasons. And the reasons he's doing it are, it's just, it's just one of those things where almost this mechanical process of LeBron content kicks in. And all of us are helpless against it because we can, what do you do? Not talk about it. You know, the incentives are for you to talk about it, even to dismiss it. It's just, it just blows my mind. You're exactly right. Like it is. It is
1: like a – because I wanted to – that was like a thing that I – when when, when you said you wanted to talk about that, one of the things I wanted to ask you was like, what would be the ramifications of just like – I was going to say first take, but they would never do something like this. But just like some NBA countdown or whatever, some NBA property show, basically just being like, LeBron said this, it's not going to happen. The Denver Nuggets – Like, what would be like, don't you think that if they did that, that would somehow get more eyeballs and more, um, uh, more appreciation than the, than the hemming and hawing over, over it? Like sort of the, like, um, well, we got to talk, you know what I mean?
0: Can you give me some specifics? Is this greeny? Who's laughing at LeBron and then moving us to the Nuggets discourse? Not,
1: uh, greedy can't do it. I, 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 you talk about another thing I wrote down I wanted to tell you about. I did kind of wonder if his soul left his body a little bit whenever he did the um, uh, brought to you by KFC chicken nuggets. It's been Jamal Murray with a spicy first half.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I don't think that happened, actually. I think he was just like, nailed it. Copy point. Crushed it.
1: It, I'm sure you're right. It, when I heard that, I was like, man, you made it a long way to say that. Oh, man. Oh, no. It, um, (laughs) it, uh, no, I, like, I don't, the LeBron stuff, I get, I get exhausted by that side of LeBron just because it feels sort of so transparent and so, um, it was both surprising and also like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I could see you doing that. I could or like, I could, I, I, I can wrap my head around you saying this. Like I, I, it's not surprising that you did this. You know what I mean? Like he shows up in, in um, uh, in a, whatever, uh, a, a, a soft cast after, you know, getting beat by the warriors that one year and stuff at the press conference. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, this is a thing that he does, you know, remarkable player, done incredible things for his community, all those things. He also has a tendency to say and do stuff that is just solely like either look at me or hey, talk about this, not that not this other thing. Talk about that talk about it's almost like it like because he just brings it up, you know what I I mean it's it, it I I heard I think Jalen Rose call it a brilliant move. And I don't think it's I don't think it's brilliant. I think it's very easy. Uh, yes. Um, it it, it it uh but it does then just make people get all in a tizzy over this like you know what does it mean it doesn't mean anything but what if it did well hey you know hey it's his 20th year i bet he's tired i bet you he sat in the locker room and thought i don't know if i can do this for another blah blah. and it's like come on guys like you know like it every single thing he's been saying is contrary to this up until this point. Like it at at a certain, you know, sometimes you just have to treat the stuff like, like that's the case. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like, I don't know, but I, I, I'm also not a thoughtful media person in the way that other, in the way that other people are. So I could be way off.
0: All right. Before we go, your favorite post game moment from these playoffs, I'm going to give you four choices. LeBron (laughs) non-retirement, Giannis saying losing to an eight seed isn't failure. <laughs> Jason Tatum saying I am humbly one of the greatest basketball players in the world. That'll be a haunting soundbite potentially for years to come. Yeah. And Dylan Brooks trolling LeBron. Before oh, my the God. Grizzlies got dominated by the Lakers.
1: You know what's funny is like as you're telling as you're reading those, I'm it's like reminding me how long <laughs> the NBA playoffs are. Oh my how God. they never it feels how like they years never ago, end, doesn't it? it I poke bears feels like years ago. It really does. Like it feels like years ago. I I think that for oh boy, I think that I poke bears is if it had, if it had worked out for him as one of the all time lines, like just as a, as a, as a bar, it's pretty unbelievable (laughs) that it, went so poorly for him afterwards just makes it all the better. But I do think that the whole Giannis losing to an eight seed is not a failure thing. I think that that was the thing that the way that people both sort of tried to rally around that. Nike trying to rally around that was weird. Like the Bucks themselves a little
0: bit was odd. Reporters trying to rally around it. Saying yeah. like he's being so honest with us, which is, by the way, I love answering questions at press conference. I'm so glad when athletes consent to do that and do it at length. That's awesome. But I think it's also, we're allowed to be like, I don't agree with this. I yeah, don't agree I, with your idea that Michael Jordan didn't think it was a failure when he lost in the playoffs because yeah. I've seen the last dance or read... <laughs> Yeah. Books about Michael Jordan and remember <laughs> he, that he didn't. I think it's like sometimes
1: everybody gets so pumped up about like, hey, the, and they gave a they were they gave a good answer with a lot of uh, personality and emotion behind it. So we just let's just let's just. Have that be that, and it's like, well, no. They you you can acknowledge like, hey, thank you for being um, m- more vulnerable than the usual person behind the mic. But also, what? What do you mean? It's not at a fail. Like, <laughs> what? You know, like, it, it, I think that that was. I don't know if he if he. I, I'm honestly not sure what he thought because it's it's not really like taking responsibility exactly. I think it was it was just sort of just sometimes athletes don't need to be motivational speakers. Like it just sort of like, it it, it was, it was an odd thing to hear someone who usually does. It seem like have the right mindset on all of this stuff. Like, you know, like just constant grinder. Like I'm not going to stop until I get there kind of thing. And this felt like the opposite of that. And I think it's, I that I think that would be my answer if only because it just made such little sense at and and the and everyone around it trying to make sense of it was very confusing to me.
0: All right, last one. As a representative of Red America,
1: <laughs> oh, as <no>. I am,
0: <laughs> did your ears perk up at all when you learned that the Celtics down 3-0 had rallied after a meeting at Top Golf. <laughs> and have you yourself ever rallied after going to Top Golf, Dave and Busters, or any of uh, the other beloved giant <laughs> chains that one finds in places like Texas and Oklahoma? Um
1: absolutely I have found myself at both of those places uh having a blast. Um <laughs> It, I think I've, I, I find that those places, uh, th- my enjoyment is, um, entirely wrapped up in who I'm there with. And so it is, uh, it's, I was happy for the Celtics that they were able to, um, pretend that they liked each other for long enough to have a good time at Top Golf. I, 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 I wonder how many people were trying to share a bay with Grant Williams, probably not that many. You know what I mean? Like I, (laughs) Dave and Buster's, I'll tell you a funny thing about Dave and Buster's. I met some people at a party one time and they started telling me about how they had been at Dave and Buster's earlier that night and got a, got, um, uh, they figured out a way to, uh, scam the system by wetting all the tickets down in the sink. And then whenever they would, uh, put them on top of the weight thing, they would weigh more (laughs) tickets, and that's how they would get better prizes and i asked him i said don't they see the water on the thing and they were like no you just take it you just take them off quick and i was like okay that sounds i don't know i was like i don't know i I never tried it but that was that that's a thing i'm waiting to i'm waiting to uh to use that someday with my daughters you know trying to get them one of the bigger things
0: that or it's a new long-form podcast with (laughs) david busters picket scam <laughs> the
1: same the same uh the same person that told me that also said can you believe that uber canceled my account i had i had referred myself uh to myself under 50 different emails as for all this <laughs> stuff and then they canceled it i like, well,
0: i, mean, I kind of can i can see why they would do that you could read tyler parker the ringer the new novel a little blood and dancing is out june 13th tyler thanks for coming on the press box dude thanks for having me brian That's the Press Box. I'm Brian Curtis. Production Magic by Eduardo Ocampo. Thank you for all the excellent work, Eduardo. A couple of recommendations to take you into the weekend. One is a New York Times story by Jane Bradley. The print headline was a British reporter had a big Me Too scoop. Her editor killed it. Probably the most interesting media story I read all week. And then from the Department of Old Guys Who Don't Got It, You might have seen that Henry Kissinger turned 100 years old. I found this story uh, from Joe Hagen in New York Magazine. Joe was a media reporter and reporter on all things for that magazine for a long time. Always enjoyed his work. He wrote a piece called The Once and Future Kissinger. Back in 2006, that talked about how Kissinger's legacy has changed and how Kissinger has attempted to spin that legacy. Really fascinating read. In the meantime, read, relax, revise your net graphs. Let's meet back here Monday with Shoemaker, shall we, for more lukewarm takes about the media. Have a fantastic weekend.